Hey, welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. Ooh, dog days of summer. Mm. It's getting hot out there. Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime. Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, summertime. Wow. I'm here with Matt Marash. Hey, how's it going, guys? John Fidelli. Hi. My name is Michael Rosso. This is the internet radio show for people who shoot with film. You just want to hang out and hang out here with the film. <laughs> guys. On Go. today's show... Um, I'm what's so special about today's show, Mike? Well, t- I'll tell you what's special about today's show. We're going to be talking about Polaroid photography. <laughs> <laughs> no way. We have an ongoing camera giveaway. Yes. This is a Pactastic Polaroid Instant Automatic Land, land camera. camera giveaway ongoing. We mm-hmm. give away one of those. Every shoe we're going to be giving away uh, automatic... Uh, yeah. I have in my hand a Pentax K1000 mm. SL 35mm SLR camera. Great Delicious. cameras. To briefly talk about this. I don't want the hotel. Why are you talking about that? Why not? Okay. <laughs> Matt, what else we got on tab? We got listener letters. We got so many listener letters on what tab. Topics we're going to be touching. We're going to be talking about Olympus trip buyers. Mm. Anybody that wants, wants to buy those. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about metering, black and white stuff, different black and white films, color black and white stuff. We're going to be talking... Black and white papers in the dark room, nice. printing, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And we're going to be talking about getting out there and shooting, flexing your creative muscles. Nice. That's what it's all about, yo. Yeah, with all that stuff and a lot more as soon as we get back. Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey. I'm here to talk about the Film Photography Store. That's right. Film Photography Podcast. We have our own store, filmphotographystore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid Pack camera, like the Color Pack 2, or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid, Polaroid Polo 108 film. Oh, I think yeah. I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. Mm. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're back. That was quick. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's give away some film real quick. Sure. Give it away. Give it away now. We have an ongoing film giveaway: one twenty or thirty-five millimeter film, color black and white. E six. It's a. It's our film lottery. All you have to do to enter our film library... Library. Library. We have a film library. To enter our film lottery, send an email to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Name, a little, bit, a, little bit of, a little bit about yourself Tell and us. your address, and we'll put you in the lottery. Tell us who you are and where you are. Yeah. Or if you have film to donate, you want to donate something to the FPP... Send it on over. Send an email to me, and I'll give you all our name, address, all of that. You can go to our website, filmphotographypodcast.com or filmphotographyproject.com. Same difference to get all the info. Uh, Today, we're going to randomly just pick some... Hey! (laughs) (laughs) The old Popeyes. What do you think you're doing over there? Bluto. Hey, ho! What are you doing? Holy 
<laughs> okay, this is from Chuck Miller from Green Island, New York. Can you move your spritz, John? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Although I do shoot digital, I love shooting film in that there's still a sense of analog discovery. You're already setting your camera for something specific rather than taking a picture with a digital camera and just adjusting the settings on the fly. With film, you need to concentrate and study and put something together ahead of time. It forces you to understand what f-stops and reciprocity. Reciprocity. Thank you. Failures and grain really are. My favorite 35 camera is a Nikon F100. My favorite 120 shooter is my Rolleiflex Automatic nice. MX. Auto. If uh, and if you've got a roll of 127 or 616 laying around, my faves in those categories are my Ansco Cadet 127 and my Agfa Chief. 616. Thanks right. in advance, Chuck. All right. And our next film winner is Vanessa Tan. Hi, I recently chanced across your blog while doing research on expired film. And nice. I read and I read that you actually give it away from film donations that you receive. I live in Singapore, so I'm not too sure if you would send me any film, but I just started using film cameras to shoot. The only film camera that I have is a golden half. I'm thinking of assembling my own pin pinhole camera. It uses 35, and I would really love to try out some expired color neg or slide. So I'm wondering, could you could you send me a couple of rolls? Yeah. Can you give her some love? Thanks, yep. thanks much, Vanessa Tan. And she even sent us some uh, some pictures she took with some expired. Oh really? Film. Let's yeah. take a look. So it's definitely got that that color scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always pull the good ones, don't I, Mike? <laughs> Mike's always more than happy to oh, give yeah. people what they need, but you. It's priceless whenever something from far away comes in. <laughs> the way Mike reacts is just like, oh, he's trying to calculate the shipping costs in his head. Yeah, yes. <laughs> See little, little streams of smoke coming out of his brain as he's thinking. Honey. And a reminder to anybody that's getting any free film from the Film Photography Podcast. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? If, you, if you're going to shoot it, tell us what you shoot with it. Right. We'd love to hear. Post Put, it on post, Flickr. Please post it in our Flickr pool. Drop it in. Okay, our next winner is Emma Whitbowles Foygen. Emma Whitbowles Foygen. Hold on, wait. John's murdering someone's name. <laughs> oh, well, how do you pronounce that? <clears throat> Emma Whitbowles Fugen. That's what I just said three times, right? <laughs> how about you? You give it a go. <laughs> you said re reciprocity. Emma Whitbowles, yeah, Fugen. Yeah. Fugen. Fugen. All right, our next winner is Emma Whitbowles Fugan, who, by the way, has a huge case of gas, she says. Oh, is that right? Yes. Uh, I'd really like a roll of black and white film of 120 size. I really like trying new emulsions. I work for an arts organization for young people in Kansas City. We actually get paid for working in a dark room. Look at that. Wow, no really? But I use film like crazy, and my Holga is always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I often don't have money to spend on films that I would like to try. If I could get some black and white 120 film, it would be awesome. I'm game for anything but Ilford. Anything but Ilford. Sick at Ilford. <laughs> That's a new one. I've never heard of that. A lot of people that you know like Ilford, they stay with it. I mean, they really, really yeah. stick with it. I go both ways. I go Kodak and Ilford. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt. Hey, what's up, Mike? Is there anything in the mailbag you want to pull out? Yeah, I think I, got, I think I can. I can manage that. <laughs> Well, uh, first off, we got a letter from our good friend, Rob Nunn. Rob hey, Nunn. Rob, Rob Nunn. Nunn. What's up? Yeah, say Rob. Hey, guys. Sorry I haven't been in touch for a while. I'm still enjoying the podcast, and I can't wait for each episode every couple of weeks. Sadly, I wasn't able to make it to the London meetup, but you guys, hope you guys had a fabulous time, and I'm sure Darren and the lads will, will treat you like royalty. Yes. I think, I think they did a good enough job with that. Yes, they did. 
I've just returned from our local car boot sale with the usual booty, a couple of Canon point-and-shoots, a Minolta Hymatic, and a Helena AITLR, and I thought I'd share... Helena, yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd share a couple of tips for when looking at second-hand cameras to decide whether or not they're working or not, oh. or, or if they're worth a good punt. Ooh. A good punt. A good punt. <laughs> That's what it said. All right. With the Olympus Trip 35, look down the mm. lens and turn the aperture ring to A. Wind the dial so the camera is ready to take a shot. Then place your palm over the hole of the lens, including the light cells around the, the outside of the lens. Do this quite tightly because block we need to any light. Block, yeah, block the light from the cells. Press the shutter release while looking through the viewfinder, and then you should see the red flag pop up, and the shutter won't fire. This means the camera's probably okay. Huh. But it's good to, to do a next check by looking at the front of the lens and making sure it, it opens up and closes and not just one half of the of the curtain goes. If all seems That's smooth good. and the hole keeps changing, the camera's probably a-okay. Most problems with Trip 35s are due to sticky aperture blades and broken red flags. You had that with a red flag, I didn't did. you, Mike? Yeah. So next up is the Olympus OM-2 35mm film SLR, a true classic, but if it's got flat batteries in it, it will appear that the shutter is jammed or frozen. There's a lever on the left marked manual, off, auto, and reset. Flick the lever to reset, Flick it. and the old shut, the, the shutter should release, and you should be able to take a shot and then not be able to wind it because it needs a new battery in it. So if you find one of these beauties, just flip it upside down, unscrew the battery compartment, you know, with a coin. Those, mm -hmm. They always operate on a coin, something mm -hmm. like that. A dime. Yep, and then uh, put some new put some new batteries in there. Sometimes you gotta you always gotta check, just like with the Polaroid cameras, make sure there's no leaky batteries in it. Those watch batteries are get really nasty. Mm, so watch about watch out about that. And then that's it. As soon as you know it works, you can start haggling them down on price. Cheers and thanks again for the best photography podcast on the net, Rob. Ooh. Thank you, Rob. Really, really appreciate How it. How many yes. trips did we have on our uh, photo walk in London? There was at least oh, three, were, right? Yeah, there are a lot of trips. Yeah. There was at least three people bought trips. Ian Cook leading the trip. He was tripping down the street. <laughs> he was tripping to light fantastic, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Olympus uh, Trip 35. That's beautiful. You own one, right, Matt? I do own one, but I'm, uh, I've still got gas. I want to get a black one. Those, those are oh. so nice. Well, when you do <clears throat> get your black one, pass yours along to me because I'm tripless right now. You're tripless? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mine busted. Busted. And I sent it to the trip master. I don't even know his name. This letter, you know, this letter kind of reminds me about something I've been wanting to talk about a while. What's that, Matt? Well, if, you, if you're going to buy, this is, a this is more a large format thing, but you need to check it with all of your cameras. Check the shutter. Mm. How do if, you do that? Well, if you have a, let's say you're buying a lens for a, a large format camera, you cock the shutter, and then you just give it a, you give it a fire. See if it lets you open and then close the lens. Oh. And then fire. And just f go through all the speeds. Go to the fastest speed. Mm -hmm. You, you, you can't see what a one four hundredth of a second looks like, but you can see if it goes. Right. And then you go down to the slower stuff that you get a good idea about. And, you know, if you've been shooting this stuff long enough, you know what a tenth of a second kind of looks and feels like. If it's too long, you know, mm. you now know it needs to be CLA'd. Some of the bigger lenses, your older, older, large format stuff, uh, you need to fire it a couple times, get it kind of warmed up. But... If it's, you know, if it just stays open, a lot of them at the lower speeds, like a second and two seconds, it just stays open and right. doesn't even close. Oh. Just, just kind of move on to the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with these really, really old uh, shutters in, like new lenses and old shutters or old shutters and old l lenses, it's, uh, sometimes it's not worth it to get CLA because there's not many people who know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Or you, you can do it yourself, but that stuff, that's... 
major surgery. Yeah, major surgery. Now, may I ask a question? Sure. I have cameras since I was a child, like my Canon FT. It has never been CLA'd. Is it true that you, if your camera's working fine, don't worry, be happy? It just it depends on your kind of usage. Obviously, a lot of people aren't using for their film cameras for professional work anymore. So right. it's it's to taste really. Mm-hmm. There's guys I know with like Hasselblads, especially the price is ooh ridiculous. To CLA it, yeah. I had I recently had a problem with the light seals on mine, a little light leak. It just happens the foam gets it's foam that's mm. preventing the thing from leaking light. So sometimes the foam gets old or crumbs out, whatever. It happens. It would cost about eighty bucks per back to get it. You can buy one for fifty bucks on yeah, eBay. That's the a point. new one, or the other route you can go. Um, some some other folks on the bay have a YouTube video series, and for twelve bucks you can do it yourself. Really? No way. Yeah, you got to be careful. But then again, but, I mean, if I you know. Yes, never but th- if you f it up, you can always just buy one for fifty. A, yeah, yeah. And it's you're still out less still, than the original. Yeah, exactly. But there are those guys that love you know it's their it's their camera mm. it's their baby. Um, the best process, yeah. best air quotes process to do is get it. Cl- if you're going to keep it clean, keep it clean, at, get it CLA'd once a year. And usually CLA is, you know, 50 to 100 bucks. Not specifically, what wouldn't you say CLA? What do you, clean what do you, lube adjust. There you go. Um, they, they clean out all the stuff. They give it a good spritz. They got all the black Oops. stuff and they yeah. spritz. They give it a spritz. That's they clean CLA, it up, make it sign. That CL, CLA Jushika that we're giving away. That thing is... It's it's, it's gleaming. gorgeous. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like it's like getting your car detailed. Yeah. You know, just came back from the tune-up, give it some detail. It's brandy new. Yeah, yeah. It's happy. But it's it's good to do if you really care about the equipment and want it working just as long, if not longer, than you've already had mm-hmm. it. John's looking through a K one a Pentax K one thousand I piece. It's gunked up. This is a TrackMan's camera yeah, belonged to his uh, brother, track brother. The gunk is behind the eyepiece. Behind the eyepiece, but before the mirror. So How does it get in there? It just gets in. What Stuff is gets it? in. It's some, sometimes it's dust. Sometimes it's well, sand. Crack brother. That it's was black. yeah. That was full of sand. Oh no, kidding! You had I to sprayed all sand, sand out of it. Oh my god! There's no sand in the camera. Oh, There's okay. sand all over the camera. I, uh, Jesus! Uh, yeah, it just gets in there. Did you take a uh, roll of film? Yeah, it's great. It's po- I call it a Pentax kicker. Yeah, they're great. But you can cameras. get past the gunk. Yeah, you can get past. Oh yeah, the gunk. I get it. I get past. But it But this quickly. is a prime example of a camera that well, it could use some loving. Yeah. It could use some CLA in. But another thing with old lenses that is something that you you probably don't want to go through the effort to. If you see a lens, usually this happens in the older big pieces of glass. Usually the ones that don't have any coatings on them. Right. They will get um they get fungus on them. Oh. And, but fungus doesn't look like fungus when it's on glass. It's really weird. What does it look like? It looks kind of rainbowy. Kind of sometimes it looks yellowy on the edges, and that sometimes that's the the glass going bad from the adhesives that hold the lens together. And sometimes it looks really it looks really trippy, like this kind of like you're looking through like this rainbowy kind of glass. Yeah, and that's fungus around the edges. And I see. I see that a lot on eBay when people are selling lenses. They say you know no fungus. Yes, and I mean the reason they're so um, adamant about that is because fungus is very hard to deal with. Yeah, fungus, uh, <laughs> it's nasty stuff to clean. It, you can, but usually it damages the, the glass. I've been very lucky. All my eBay purchases, I haven't picked up any. Yeah, a lot of it, it, takes, it, takes, a good, it takes a good 30, 40, 50 years to get fungus. Fungus filled up. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can leave it, if you go to like Japan or somewhere where there's like ridiculous relative humidity, you can get, you can get fungus. There's guys with digital SLRs that take it on the trip. And really? And by the time they come back, there'll be, they'll be mold on the lens. So. But that fungus is e- easier to deal with than that rainbowy stuff. That's just, yeah. you're effed. Yeah. Effed. You can clean it, but the substance you need to clean it is very unstable, mm-hmm. incredibly flammable, Ooh. 
and I don't suggest it. <laughs> There's a mind-boggling amount of cameras on eBay. Oh, my God. I looked at, at the film cameras section the other day. 15,000 auctions. Smokes. And they're, all, they're always cycling through. And it, they, um, they did some changes to eBay over the past couple of months, and it organizes it by, they'll say 35, 120 cameras, for, and a large format, mm-hmm. and above, instant cameras. Well, that's good. So you're saying in total of all the different formats, it's about 15,000, 15, give or oh take. My goodness. And that's always, that's, that's film, accessories, new products to help you, you know, fix your camera. It's so much. That's good. What's yeah. that little thing over there? That thing you mentioned yesterday? See the oh, thing? Oh, yeah. This thing is, is handy dandy. You can't find this thing anymore. You can't buy this yeah, thing. This was at right? a little mom and pop camera shop that I, uh, that's local to me from Mac Camera. It's a film retriever. And this was for a 35 mil film. I'm a wimp when it comes to 35. Mm-hmm. The retriever, it, it pulls the leader out of your film canister if you re, if you rewind it too hard uh-huh. and the film goes all the way in. This little guy will fetch it back out. <laughs> so you stick this in the canister and you, you push it down until you hear it click. And that's when it actually grabs the film. No kidding. And you pull it out. How about that, John? That's amazing. And the, these little doodads were, were everywhere and when everybody was shooting 35. They just needed it and they did it for their own processing. Mm. And I like this because I I think I just I use too much violence no, when I, when I'm prying Matt, open the 35 no canisters. Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt, no violence. I know. That yeah, these film retrievers. If you can find them, usually you can find them on the bay, or if you go to like an old camera shop. These always happen back great. in college when I was rewinding because the professor was like, "Now be very careful." Very careful. And you don't know why until you see listen, it. It'll start to scrape the back of your camera when it comes off the spool. That's when you gotta grab it. Yep, and open it. Yeah, and but this. <clears throat> foolproof you that know, would stick yeah, it that in. would have alleviated a lot of stress and i got this for 50 cents something like that it what's used, that called this is called there's any on ebay it's called a film retriever have you, have you done a search for that no i haven't I, I would like to see if there's a, there's any on the bay because it's on the bay it's a nifty little little device and if you shoot a lot of 35 you do the the bulk loading kind of stuff this is probably right up right. your alley it's a the less bay. it's a less messy way to get it out of your canister yeah. i think so they're all up here you, well, wow well, there's one for 20 buck 20 buck there's one for buy now four ninety five. Look at how much it used to sell for. Four fifty. Fifty cents. So yeah, these are all a lot of money. Oh, here's a black re- Labrador retriever. <laughs> just cast it out and it pulls out a black lab. <laughs> They're male. What's next, Daddy? Next up, letter from Tony Kwong. Tony Kwong. Hey. Tony, how hey, you doing, Tony. man? Yeah. Oh, he listened to the the May episode and we we started talking about metering, but we didn't quite Uh-oh. we didn't quite get there. We yeah, trailed that happens off a lot. the old uh, FPP fashion. That happens a lot. We pooped out. We pooped out, but he thinks it'd be a great idea if we could talk a little more about meters, like what goes into them, the selenium, the cadmium. What different things can we do? Um, metering methods like incident, reflected, ambient, flash metering, spot metering. What's the best way for whatever you're doing? No There's, best. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a preference thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have a I, I have two. I have a reflective and a, a spot meter. Spot meters for the zone system kind of stuff, yeah. and then reflective is for like average kind of. I mean, years after I I was it was drilled into my head that I needed a Goss and Luna Pro by Beta Bot. Goss and Luna yep. Pro. Goss and Luna Pro. The F. Yeah, Gosling Luna Pro F. Have to have the F. Early 90s, we were shooting some music videos on 16mm. John and some other guys, all these hot shot DPs with their spot meters. Mm-hmm. It was just like pushing me out of the way. Get out of here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Move it. What is that you're using? Archaic form of metering light. The fact of the matter is, whether I was using the Gosling Luna Pro F or if John was using his Minolta spot meter, you know, it's all in personal preference. It is. And once you really get used to that, I mean, yeah. it takes a while to get used to a meter for. I have a middle to spot meter and yeah. I- 
I love it. I mean, it looks, if you look at the Gosling Luna Pro, I mean, you, to look at it, you just fall over. Like, oh, my God, how am I ever going <laughs> right. to use you it? match up the, the looks dials. Difficult. Yeah. But folks, if I can use it, anybody can use it. I'm not a, I do not have a mathematical mind, uh, but it gives you uh, an incident meter reading, gives you a, or a uh, uh, reflective meter reading. Uh, reflective, of course, is when you're uh, recording uh, the lights that's reflecting off of your subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, incident, which I use most. I mean, obviously, if you're, you're shooting... You're an incident guy. I'm an incident guy. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, if you're shooting the Royal Albert Hall from mm-hmm. two, you know, two blocks away, you right. need to use reflective. Meter. Right. But if you're shooting a subject, like I do, walk up to the subject, make sure the white globe is over your... Uh, Meet your what do you call this? The uh, the selenium cell. Yes, the selenium that's cell. That's the that's the photosensitive material in there. Stand and uh, put the the meter up to the puss of the person you're you're uh, <laughs> by their <laughs> eye uh, with the meter with the uh, the selenium uh, globe pointing towards your camera, and it'll record the amount of light hitting your subject. And I'm an incident guy. That's what I always use. Uh, it also has a F flash function, so you can fire like I did yesterday. Yeah, you can fire a flash, and it'll give you the the, the meter mm. reading for a flash. Mm. I've never gotten into spot metering. Well, spot metering is it's a very it's a very niche kind of thing, and I think it's for people that are shooting a lot of a lot of ambient light. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of landscape guys use it. People that use the zone system beyond the zone system, things like that. It's the zone beyond the zone it's crazy stuff it's for knowing exactly what you need to to get that exposure mm-hmm. so like if i if i want to do a zone system kind of picture i'm measuring the darkest gray that will still have detail in it right. in a picture so i want to take a picture of all of us in here you know mike's got a little backlight on him john's got some window light but it's not doing much let's say i want to see detail in in john's mic it's probably not going to happen i'll probably mm-hmm. get detail on john's you know facial hair right if i want to do that picture. i'll put my spot meter which has a very narrow degree of view uh, view maybe I don't know how narrow it is mm. but usually they measure in degrees so like uh, there's a five degree spot meter two degree and one degree mm-hmm. the, the more narrow a field of view it is the more expensive the attachment usually is oh. and you hold it up to your eye and there's a little dot in there and usually that that dot is wh- what it, sometimes over the like the five degree it's just a like a, a Fresnel or a magnifying kind of lens mm-hmm. right over top your uh, photosensitive cell and it just measures that very narrow area and the one degree it just kind of it's got a little more glass on it to get further and just focus uh, that much light coming in and the five degree works well for me you know mm-hmm. so i would meter john's uh john's wonderful facial hair soul patch, hair. Soul patch. and then i would measure the brightest highlight that i want to have details so i would get um i would get that lovely backlight just glimmering off of the back of mike's head because i wouldn't want that blown out that'd be a, a right. tragedy mm-hmm. and then the difference between those two uh, according to the spot meter i would measure how many zones or stops of light it is between those i would tweak my de- developing to uh compensate for it. and i know just from doing it a lot there's too much shadow and too much highlight on the back of mike on mike's head so right. i would have to overexpose and severely underdevelop which would be a pull so mm-hmm. pull Ugh. it'd probably be like a probably be like a two or three stop pull just because you know yeah. john's in complete shade and right. mike's backlit so it's just something that you got to keep practicing over and over you do over it's again. trial and error it yeah. really is and then once you figure out your your little system Be- beautiful thing now is now that i've been shooting solid almost every day for three years i find myself leaving the meter at home yeah after a while mm. yeah you don't if you're yeah, shooting yeah. if i'm shooting with a fixed fixed shutter speed uh, or a fixed f-stop i'm uh, I, lo- I stick my head out the window i look hmm and i i judge how to shoot by F stop by ASA. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, I uh, got my uh, Kodak Brownie, 60th of a second. It's, uh, it's kind of 
overcast out. You know what? Four hundred speed film. It's very comforting after a while. Once you once you if you think you can't do it, it's not going to happen to you. It will. It will. It always does. It will. You just become comfortable with uh, what you're doing, and that's why I brought. Uh, the Polaroid automatic land camera to England because I've never really had that as my primary camera. A camera you feel comfortable with that you can shoot in any set of circumstances of it's an automatic camera. So in an automatic camera, you have to trick the camera. Yes. By the dark and light of like, oh, you know, this guy's kind of backlit. Let me open it up a little bit. You you become very familiar with it and you can only do that with practice, which actually isn't that a subject of one of one of our topics today. Get out there and do it. Yeah, it's a it's a big part of it. So yeah, I want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and chat. Cool. Thanks, Tony. Did I have one of these? A good old box camera. When I was a kid, Dad would get us all outside. He'd make us pose facing the sun, then holler, "Hold it, everybody, hold it!" Then click, got it. I hope. Well, picture taking is a lot easier, more relaxed now, especially flash pictures. In fact, indoor picture taking is as easy as shooting outdoors. Watch this. gets up to dance, that can be a memorable moment. And when a moment you want to remember pops up, pop on the new Sylvania Blue Dot Flash Cube to make sure you get all the action. With Sylvania's new invention, the Blue Dot Flash Cube, you can now take four flash pictures without changing bulbs and capture for another day all those great pictures that used to get away. And you can be sure you'll get the shots you want because Sylvania's famous blue dot is right there on each bulb. For regular cameras, always get Sylvania blue dot flash bulbs. For new flash cube cameras, get blue dot flash cubes. Sylvania blue dots for sure shots. Great, isn't it? Easy and fun. Whether it's with flash cubes, which by the way Sylvania invented really something, or flash bulbs, both with Sylvania's famous blue dot. And remember what the man said. That blue dot is your assurance the bulb is good. It's so easy to capture those great moments. Not just the special occasions, but all the fun things that happen every day in your home. Can you really afford to miss them? So keep your camera handy along with blue dots from Sylvania, a member of the GT&E family of companies. Missed any good memories lately? Hey, we're back. Matt, what's your topic about uh, get out there? Well, you know, I I feel I'm a procrastinator, Mike. I'm I'm bad. Really, I, I find am, that hard to believe. I, no, I I really, really? am. Really? I'm, a, I'm a horrible procrastinator. I did it all through high school. Managed to make it through college procrastinating. Well, does inspiration strike like a, a lot of folks who feel who do a 365 project? You don't want your photography to become a job. No. Or to feel pressured because sometimes. You just inspiration yeah. doesn't strike. Uh, you don't want to put that pressure on yourself. No, but rega- but regardless, it's one of those. It's just the the human condition is you know once you get into like this kind of set pattern like Mike taking a picture of Max. Mm-hmm. You every just day. every day. You just after a while, it becomes a part of you, and you want to do it, and you you look forward to doing it. And no you know, mitts. Yeah, last last year, prior to you know the culmination of the show that I that I just had in Finley, I did I shot a, I forced myself to shoot at least one roll of film per week. It branched out to sheet film and all, all other all other madness, but I kept it to that. But this year, I, I was kind of like running, kind of running stale. You know, I gave myself a couple weeks of oh, I don't have to have a roll for this week. What uh-huh. what what to do? Mm-hmm. So I was looking online and. Some of the guys from the large format forum were talking about some things that they do in their uh, very, very uh, 
premium priced workshops one of the things that they do with their students is they make them sh they tell them to go home and shoot uh, shoot a sheet of film a day but that's, that's for insane. like but that's for four by five uh, I have an eight by ten so I I thought well I'm gonna force myself every day of this summer I started I started on uh, June 21st the solstice mm -hmm. and I've been shooting one sheet of eight by ten film every day but I took it one step further uh, madness wise and every week because you have to process five six seven sheets at a time because of the chemistry requirements mm -hmm. and stuff one day a week I'm gonna unload my holders I'm gonna process them and print them all of them at least contact prints it's gonna be a very busy beaver yes yes let's not let's not talk cost but it's uh, yeah, really you, you make yourself a better photographer oh no doubt it do you force yourself to do it. you do because you you kind of think well am I gonna have a theme to it am I just gonna and then so far it's been kind of like you drive you're driving somewhere and you know you you can't pull off and you're like you're on a highway or something mm -hmm. you, you know you'd get hassled by the cops for pulling off but you're like man that'd be a great picture mm -hmm. now I'm like now that'd be a now great, you're doing that, it I'm doing it and it's, it feels really good when you, you see something that could be a picture and you start asking more questions, like if you don't think you can get the picture, you just go ask somebody or mm -hmm. get permission. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more of that now. And I think that... You get more bold all the way around. Yeah. And I think anybody that's forcing themselves to shoot and... Yeah, of course it's going to be kind of a, not a job, but kind of hard work at mm -hmm. first because you got to get a really, ugh, got to take a picture. Got to get a routine but, down. But if you, see, if you see one good picture out of forcing yourself to start doing that, you, you start wanting to take pictures. And that's where the, the inspiration, the creation really comes from. So right, right. Seeing a good result, and I think uh, I think anybody that hasn't tried a 365 or a, a picture a day, or some other folks for inspiration in, in economically minded projects, right. have a roll of film. They do 36 shots, 36 prints. You know, like they have, they want to make a print of each one of those. Wow. So it has to be a, you know, a good it's subject. Got to be a keeper. Yeah. So got to be something. All like sorts of projects you can you can make yourself do, and if you're just not into that, go out and practice. Learn your camera. Yeah. Shoot your camera without a roll of film in it if it's new. Like that's it, a good idea. Yeah. Just like uh, well, go I'm, go actually, through the motions. I've, I've never heard that. No. No. Oh, that's uh, that's one of Jeff's techniques. The, my hmm. professor. Hmm. Their first their first roll of film. Seems like you always want to see a result. Yeah. Of what you do. I've never shot. The first was well. He used to cut, just get to understand your camera before you muck up a roll of film. Exactly. Well, he would he would hand them a roll of film, but it was an exposed roll. They would oh, all be no everybody's first roll of film is is already black. Ah. But he makes them go out and do the project, and then you know. Then tells them afterwards. They, yeah. Everybody's like, "What? You dick!" Yeah, but <laughs> but they know how to use their camera. Right. You know. So, and I don't think he does that anymore because he teaches digital, and he can't really do that to those kids because they're really like yeah. antsy about it. Mm. They need the immediacy. Oh yeah, they freak Where out. Where is it? Force yourself to try something new with your camera because you, the more you you're shooting or just even looking at you hold your camera. There was um I'm trying to remember the photographer's name. He was a, a sports shooter, and he would when he was at home because he couldn't be at the sports game, he would take pictures of the TV screen oh, of, a, of a sports game. No, he was just watching to, just to practice. Just to keep oh himself God. in practice. Yeah, which is, you know, that's like, that's interesting. man, that's practicing. Yeah, it's getting you yeah. ready for it. So there's there's all sorts of things you can do to, pr to practice your photography. If you need to take a break, take your Polaroid automatic land mm -hmm. camera out. Yeah, do something that's mindless. Yeah, do, or just do any, anything that gets you out there, I think, Shoot is Shoot a good. Lomo camera. Mm. Yeah. By the way, if you don't have a Polaroid automatic land camera... <laughs> oh, <laughs> here it comes. Matt, no, you I'm opened serious. up the can of worms. Yeah. Uh, it is so satisfying to just walk out of the building with a Polaroid camera... And it's come liberating. Back ...with mm. an image. It's fantastic. Uh, that's what I did in, my, in London. My uh, goal was, I was like, you listen, self... <laughs> I'm just going to shoot Polaroid or Fuji Instax. And I, I purchased a, a little scanner, you know, those thin ones that scan prints. Mm -hmm. I brought it was in my suitcase. Nice. 
I would be exhausted at the end of the day. John would be right snoring. Up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, scanning photos. I wanted to get one or two, three, four images up per day. While you're on the trip, because, yeah. Because everything is instant today. And you don't need a digital camera to do that. No. You do not. Mm-hmm. All you need is a, a scanner, which is, you know, you could carry with you if need be, mm-hmm. which I did. And uh, there you have it. It's instant. Within an hour, you could have the, the images up. Some of the photographers that we were along for the photo walk almost upped me on yeah. time. Yeah. Were guys they were lightning negative. fast. Yeah. Yeah, how? They ran Insane. home. <laughs> Went, jumped right into the dark room and developed their necks. Kick their, yeah, kick their significant other out of the shower. Yeah. Hey, I got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was mind-boggling quick. Yeah, just do it. Just yeah, but it's kind of interesting because we don't think about photography being something you have to practice. A lot of people look at it as you know they expect a, a keeper every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're practicing. You don't realize you're practicing as you, as you're moving along. You're, you're actually getting more experience than mm-hmm. you think. Y- you are, and yeah. it's it's just one of those it's one of those mediums that what is somebody that, that illustrates like Lauren? Let's take Lauren as an example. She's doodling all the time because if you look at one of her notebooks, it's like it's a car- it's, there's a cartoon doodles. in there. Like you know, you can flip it through and it'll. <laughs> oh, move. is that right? She does some. Of, she sheesh. does those in some of her notebooks and just off random off stuff. But she always practiced her illustration like everywhere. And you know, if you're any kind of sport, you practice. Yeah, it's practice, practice. Musicians practice, practice all the time. Practice, practice makes perfect. And I highly recommend people to folks to take their cameras and take it out of auto. Mm-hmm. You know, auto. Yeah. Auto. Uh, you know, if you have like a put it back in Manuel. <laughs> if, you <have> an, <laughs> if you have an EOS or Canon AE one program, you get used to uh, the relationship between your f-stop and your shutter speed is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And you can only understand that and realize that by by practice. Yeah. I mean, many times in the past, the far past, I would just be trying to get the needle to match up mm-hmm. right. with no thought as to... What's films. going on. Yeah, yeah. what's going on. Uh, these days, um, most of the time, I'm looking for... Uh, I shoot uh, wide open. Yeah, for a creative thing. Yeah. yeah, for just kind of creative look to the... Uh, but now you have to be conscious because you're going out of your way to yeah, yeah. keep it open. The image that you and I shot, Matt, when we visited the Radio Shack. Oh, the shack. Shack, 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 shack. Yeah. Uh, we're using the Crown Graphic with Polaroid back, and um, uh, the woman that worked there, um, Sammy. Yeah. She was amazed by the depth. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of digital photographers, I mean, you can right. do, but I think... you got to pay a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money to see that kind of... Is it because depth. the lenses are not fast? Or? Well, no, just to get fast glass, though, the price, because they're all autofocus, they're all... Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny that all this professional equipment that, that's coming out, it, it all has to be completely automated because there are guys out there that are just holding yep. the shutter down. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah. Making, they're, and they're making a living off that, which isn't isn't bad. You just got to practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Always uh, questions film photography podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and um, you know, what would be interesting. I mean, the first time I even thought about it, Matt, is if we got into an RV and did a cross country <laughs> FPP trip. Wow, you could meet a lot of people that way. And we I would bet. map the course of all FPP listeners and do, you know, we, we would hand pick certain stops. Okay. To stop, to, we, we can't stop and see everybody. No. No. And map uh, so would be a year-long trip. Yeah. Stop and a see year. a few people. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, as we're, have going, a contest. as we're going across the road, uh, you know, uh, record some shows. What show? We wouldn't need a wheel man to so uh-huh. record our episodes. Track man. 
Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, he can't drive so good, though. He can barely <laughs> drive a car. I doubt he's going to be able to drive an RV. Hey. Like, uh, He'll be like uh, Bill I, Murray. I, I in, killed uh, the old lady back there. Like Bill Murray in the Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, oh my okay, gosh. Just keep her on the road, keep her on the road. <laughs> but uh, we talked about it a while ago, too, way back in the early days of FPP. It's an interesting concept, a road hmm. trip. It's a very interesting concept. It's uh, we could uh, we could start from point point A, your place, and go down to Vegas. Oh, and yeah. See, uh, who's our uh, FPP listener down there? Nick? Who's our Vegas contact? Nick Leonard. We stop and see Nick Leonard. He could shoot us in a hotel room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Ooh. not the track. Boop, boop, better. Hey Jeff. Oh, very good. The door's open. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot the lock. No, you can hear. Me. Hey. Hey. hey! We're here. Uh, Jeff hey. Feoro just walked in. Jeff, of course, is the inventor of the uh, FPP uh, Polaroid brackets. Oh, is he? Which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And is here with the fire inspector. <laughs> now, what are they looking for? Jeff, that's fire, fire chief, is it? Oh, it is. Oh. Hi, Robert. Oh, okay. Oh, he's not a chief. Inspector, okay. Uh, Inspector. We're recording a radio show today. That's very important, folks out there listening, to make sure you have uh, proper uh, carbon monoxide uh, detector in your house. Smoke detectors, yeah. Uh, You need, uh, you definitely need a smoke detector. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and... Away from the kitchen. And try not to, you know, don't overload your plugs. No, no, no octopus on the outlet. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you have, uh, like, a plug, you know, you you can go to the shack... Yep. And you get those adapters, so you can like put three three plugs in one. Yeah, don't don't don't, don't stack those. Don't stack them. No, God, no, no. no. I've actually seen that. I have to on various shoots. I just like the big surge protector strips yeah. where you can get two or three rows of right. them and just yeah. put it in the corner. Exactly. Yeah, this definitely applies to your room where you have no your need computer, to be dangerous about it. Your computer, your scanner, all your electronics. Fire inspectors coming through our FPP studio right now. Hopefully, um, we don't get shut down on the air. Because Clipboardy <laughs> looks like he's being very thorough. Oh yeah, I want everyone to know that. Uh, you know, we're very uh, fire conscious here at FPP. That's right. There's a lot of flammable stuff around here. There's very many Although it is like bedrock here in the facility. It is a stone building. Yeah. Uh, has been burned to the ground once in 1956. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. The facility burned. Really? Yeah. So these floors are from the 50s then? Yeah, these are old. The whole facility. Like it was the biggest fire in the in the New Jersey. You could see the fire from like New York. Is that right? The whole town was on what fire. What started it? A cow knocking over a uh, lantern. <laughs> <Mary's> cow. <laughs> cow. I don't know. They had her out here. She was visiting relatives. People. It was three in the morning. People were able to read, read newspapers in their backyard by the by the light coming from the fire. That's insane. Uh, by the way, where where we are, which is Butler Center. It used to be the American uh, Hard Rubber Factory. This place is awesome. Uh, 1860s it was built. Wow. And uh, I went over to the Butler Museum, and uh, they used to supply Bakelite plastic to Kodak. No kidding. That's correct. <laughs> so we're sitting in the facility where plastic was made uh, to send uh, over to Kodak. That's interesting. That's Didn't great. I know that. Yeah. I mean, who knows where we're sitting right now. What happened? We would need like a H.G. Wells time travel machine yeah. to kind of go back. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. I'd be no, no one. No, no. I like it. I like this age. It's always like very uh, fantastic in the movies. They never like like if you go back in time and you're in your time machine, you get trapped in a wall and you suffocate. Yeah, and die. Die. Yeah. yeah, they did that on Star Trek too. I think. What? Get stuck time in travel? The wall? Didn't they go back to 1930? They Joan, always did. In Joan the, Collins. Yeah, was they there. go back yeah. to the, the the cowboy period. Yeah, they always went back then. Yeah. 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 
because they had those sets in Hollywood. They were readily accessible. <laughs> That's why they went back. A low-budget show like time that. Time after time, Malcolm McDowell. That's a great movie. You like that movie? I love that movie. Him and Mary David Steve Warner. Is she in it? David Warner. D- oh, no. David, no. Is she in it? I don't think she is. David Warner's the uh, evil time right. traveler. Right. Is, is there any flash power left? I love yeah, David I got, Warner. I got uh, two shots on my cube. Oh, okay. Cube. Uh, Matt, one of the uh, fire inspectors here. Matt is holding the Polaroid electric zip. Hopefully, camera. I don't scare the inspector. Have him come running over yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> that needs a kid and play afro on it. Something very eighties. Polaroid electric zip camera. Nice. There we go. You're very skillful with See, that. See, look uh, at that. He ripped that right out. Oh of there. yeah. I well, have you you've seen with the Hasselblad too? I just oh, like yeah, I, yeah. I wind I'm it like it's going careful. out of style. Yeah, Mike yeah. is like... No, I rip. I, I you were like ever rip tabs? Attacking. Um, no, the only thing I've ever done is I've ripped... Uh, I've actually ripped... Yeah, so I guess I've ripped the, the final tabs because it was the expi- like really expired stuff and it was weak. Mm-hmm. And the pressure is, is different. The pressure. So. We'll take a quick break and when we come back, we'll let you know if we passed our fire inspection. <laughs> we'll be right back. What's, uh, what's left on tap? You ate all the good stuff. This <laughs> is peanuts. What happened? <laughs> Here's a thrill beyond compare. That first look at the big city. And because these young men have a brownie star camera, they'll see more, learn more, have more to remember. East side, west side, all around the town. They're getting the fun on film. Wait till the gang back home sees this one. Indoors, too, as in the Museum of Natural History, there's lots to see, lots to remember. And their brownie star camera saves it all. Now the big stem, as the boys get their first fling on Broadway. Home again, they're the envy of every kid on the block, thanks to a camera that costs less than $10. Right now, some boy or girl you know would give the world for a brownie star camera. There are three models to choose from, and you couldn't find a better gift. Hey, we're back. The uh, fire inspector is still here. He's not wearing a red uh, Brian Wilson fire helmet. No. It's a shame. There was a rumor. Oh, by the way, this year, uh, Capitol Records is releasing the Beach Boys Smile Sessions in a multi-disc box set or LP. It should be great. During the making of the, the classic, uh, the original Beach Boys 1967 Smile album, a, a rash of fires broke out over around where where uh, they were recording. In the studio? Yeah, no. How do we do, Jeff? He's going to let you know. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, so why they have the, that... that there's film footage of that era where they all have the little fire hats yeah, they all had jumping fire in the pool yes. and whatnot. They all had, Brian had a fire hat on. And in the 1980s when the Beach Boys played, this was, uh, you know, uh, Mike Love. Uh, Kokomo? Carl, no, no, before then. Er, early 80s. Pre-Kokomo? When was Kokomo? Kokomo was mid to late 80s. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. You know way too much yeah. about the Beach Boys, but yeah. Uh, Carl Wilson, mm-hmm. Mike Love, Al Jardine, Bruce Johnston, Dennis Wilson. Right. The Beach wow. Boys. Minus Brian because he was home in bed. He was home freaking out. They had a fire hat on the keyboard. That was the spirit of Brian. <laughs> but Brian was apparently Beautiful. freaked out. He thought he was causing the fires. Oh, wow. Yeah. The God. energy. 
They were dropping what's, what was known as LSD. Oh, yeah. Imagine yeah. how fried his brain was. He was living in a sandbox at that time? No, he put his piano in a sandbox because he wanted to feel the sand on his feet to inspire him to write music. And according to a few books I read, uh, apparently his dogs made good use of that sandbox. Yeah, oh, yuck. Yeah. Imagine Fun. being so rich and eccentric to do something He put that a tent crazy. in his living room. He wanted to have Beach Boy me- meetings in the tent. <laughs> no girls allowed. <laughs> pool meetings, late night mo- meetings in the pool. Oh, my God. It, it is the Beach Boy story. If you can find a book on it, go for it. It's an amazing story. They achieve such success at such a young age. Yeah. It creates madness. Yeah. Celebrity creates madness. Yeah. Not too many of them left standing. No. Beach Boys, no. Brian Celeste Wilson, brother. That's correct. Uh, okay. Uh, we're back. Uh, what do we got, Matt? Well, I think we have to give a packtastic camera Whoa. away. <gasps> well, we have a letter from Robert Irwin. Woohoo! I just found out about your podcast recently, and I have to say it's fantastic and such a nice, easy listen. If you could enter me into your giveaway, I would certainly love one of the pack cameras. Yes. So a bit of background about me. I'm 17, and I've always enjoyed cameras. Wow. Wow. I was was the kid who always took Dad's digital camera, had to play with it, and took too many pictures on on holidays. I just like the experience of taking pictures and sharing them with others. I first toyed with the idea of film photography when I saw a documentary on Lomography on TV. So I looked into it and finally bought a cheap 35mm camera off eBay, a solid little thing called a Halina 35X. Kalina? (laughs) Wow. A few weeks ago, though, I remembered that the camera was still here. I got it out and thought about giving it a go again, but I like to listen to podcasts when I go on walks. So I searched for a film photography podcast, and guess what came up? No! FPP! You gave me the motivation to go out and shoot. Hey, that's what we like to hear. Get out and shoot. I finally find it very relaxing just to walk around taking photos... It's just almost therapeutic. Also, as of two days ago, I just bought myself a Fujika STX 35mm SLR with four nice lenses off the bay. Wow. Just waiting for it to arrive. But but it won't mean I'm going to turn my back on my little Helena either. Oh, I, I, don't I really, hope not. I don't really have a background in art. In fact, I'm a science student, but just shooting film is such fun that I can't see giving it up anytime soon. Well, mm, I was a I was a science major too. Huh. You know, there's actually a lot of science guys that they find film photography and it's just, it's their thing. Because if you, if you want to go real deep into the developing and processing right. stuff you can get as scientific as you want um, oh, scientific yeah. mind wants it's, to go yeah but I mean it's yeah you, exactly you take it where, where you want it to right. P.S. So, I wish I could have made it to the, the London meetup but I work on Saturdays and those are hard to come by oh uh, the, Robert Irwin Robert I understand that the uh, Polaroid automatic pack cameras are very rare in the UK mm, so lucky man one is going to be heading your way very very soon oh yeah. lucky man looks like he has a listener question too can I go oh, ahead yeah, and read that too sure I'd really like to try out some black and white film but how However, I can't afford any processing but C41, so I'm guessing the places there charge for the hand black and white processing, and it's a lot more expensive. So, could you recommend some good C41 black and white film? C41! Well, the only uh, black and white film that comes to my mind right off the top is Kodak makes a 400 speed, it's called uh, BWCN, and the CN is the color negative process. It's a very sharp black and white film. It's it's got the same tight grain as like their T-Max, but you develop it C41. It's a really good film. And there's another one. It's called Ilford SFX. SFX. I think that's, well, yeah, I think it's the SFX stuff. Ooh, that sounds fancy. It's, uh, I think it's a 200 or 400 speed, and that stuff also processes as black and white. So you have a mm. Kodak and an Ilford option for that. I'm not sure if Fuji makes any, but you also might want to look on Freestyle. Freestyle! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Perfect moment. You can also you can check freestyle, and there's a lot of different films there. You just click 35 millimeter black and white film, and you just go to specialty films, and you can find all sorts of cool stuff there. Rob, thanks again, and and congrats. Yeah, congrats yes. on your uh, packtastic, packtastic, packtastic camera heading your way. Packtastic. <laughs> Another great home. It's nice that uh, I mean, there's been a couple of people under 20 getting these things. Yeah. Yeah. That are interested yeah. in film. That Means seems to be kind of rare. Yeah. Well, the the you know, there's, there's really not many folks out there uh, getting behind traditional peel film. No, you know, there's a there's a big push and there's a huge you know amount of uh, buzz about a possible integral film, which mm. is the Polaroid film that you know gets spits out of the front yeah, of the, the camera. One step. Yeah. The one step. And that's awesome. But I don't know how many folks are really pushing pack cameras. Well, I've, I've never seen any kind of advertisement nah, whatsoever. Never. Or, yeah. You know. Yesterday, Matt, you mentioned to me you were looking for a book. Maybe it was in a classic camera book. You said, Mike, this is the pack camera you need to have. Oh, my gosh. What is it called? Oh, this is the, the Polaroid 600 SE. Really? The SE. It's all, Well, it's also, um, I think it's called the SE in some places, but it's... Uh, the body it's on is the Mamiya Press Universal camera. Okay. And it's, I think it's like the best combination of large format and pack cameras that you can get. But it's not, it's, 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 that it's, sounds it's lovely. Three and a quarter by four and a quarter, yeah. Three and a quarter by four and a quarter, so it's not, it's not medium format. It's a little larger than medium. I, I would call it a large format camera. Why? Why is that? Well, just because large format's anything that's bigger than, usually anything that's bigger than six, seven, or six, nine is considered large. But it's an instant camera, so it's a little, yeah, it's, it's unique. It's can a fudge. You, can you, is it, can you put a different back on it, or just... That's it. Uh, some of them you can put a 6x7 back on, and it becomes like a, a really expensive Mamiya RZ. You going somewhere, John? I'm cold. John, oh. put, John put his jacket on. And I was freezing. like, where's he going? You know what? John doesn't have a light burning. Oh, no, it might be. It's hot. I'm freezing. But the, the Mamiya Press Universal or the um, Polaroid 600 SE is a very usually... E. Great. You're feeding his gas. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's usually a very expensive camera to come by. Some of them upwards of $700 on the bay. <gasps> Sometimes, sometimes you can find a bum for, you know, a bum for like a hundred or 200 bucks. But the, there's four different lenses you can use on it. And they're, they're much like large format lenses where you manually set the aperture and shutter speed. Right. And there's a little cable release that <clears throat> runs to your hand or it runs nice. to a handle. Right. But you take your picture, your multiple exposures, whatever. And it just, it's regular pack film and just glorious, sharp images. Wow. Uh, I went to visit the track man in Tampa, Florida this past hey. this past spring. Hey, the track man! I'll tell you, I'll tell you the full gruesome story. First of all, oh. I was fearful of going down to Florida in the spring because I, I don't like bugs. <laughs> oh. At all, nothing. I don't like ants, fleas, ticks, roaches. <laughs> A thousand leggers, water bugs, chincha de agua, nothing. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Chupacabras. Go down there. It's like, hey, my, bro- my brother sent me a camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, what is it? You know, he didn't even know what it was. You know, so, open the box. It's a box. It's a square priority mailbox with a, a Pentax K1000. And all boogered up. All boogered up. And Oh, a, I didn't uh, see that. Nice lens. A, uh, I'm trying to see who makes this lens. Oh, uh, Albinar, 80mm uh, to 200mm f3.9 zoom, which is fine. And there's more? A uh, Pentax uh, flash. Nice. AF200S. He opens the box. A roach crawls out. Ah! 
Oh, oh. <laughs> all the way from need. California. Well, it was slow. It was moving slow. Hawaii. Oh, my God. So he had, he's like, ah! Crack it. <laughs> Get it! But he, he, camera was out already. Everything was cool. He took the box outside. And How do you know he didn't lay his eggs somewhere inside the camera or something? <laughs> Creep Show. Creep Show! That was a uh, Wesley Willis song, by the way. Oh, thank you. Creep Show. Thank you. He wrote a song about that movie? House, I spotted a vampire bat cave. Suddenly, a vampire bat flew after me. He was about to suck the blood out of me and kill me. Creep show! Creep show! Creep show! Creep show! And we have a track. Yes, Trackman's theory was that the roach came from Hawaii yeah. with the camera. It was a very slow roach. Well, he's probably jet lagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, by every definition, Matt, a beater cam. It is a beater cam. every definition. And you're telling me to be careful. No, don't touch her. A roach lived in there for (laughs) two weeks. With it, not in it. Ah. Uh, The camera, when I received it, had sand. Still some sand sand embedded inside around the lens. Oh, man. I blew all the sand off of it. Uh, In the eyepiece, when I first put my eye to the eyepiece, I was like, ah. Matt, look through there. Does that look like a roach to you? What is that? Seriously. Oh, man. It looks like seaweed. No, look at the look at the uh, what do you call that uh, when you go to the psychiatrist? And he shows you a pattern. Look at the, Ro- the Rorschach blot. Look at yeah. the Rorschach of that. Yeah, does it I, look, like, look like some weird roach. It, it kind of does. I mean, there's no way it is, but it, I think just because you hate no, bugs so much no. and a roach it, called, it crawled like out of it, like that's what it looks like. like got you. smashed inside the camera. Look at that. Kind of looks like there's it some legs. Buggy, I'll give yeah, you that. yeah it there's looks some r- legs protruding out. There's it's no, more like a beetle than a roach. Yeah. The, the zoom lens is probably hard to use, which I'm shocked because. And no, that's a good zoom. Yeah, yeah it's a decent zoom. Uh, the, the flash works. So right there on the spot, uh, we went to the. In Tampa, went to the shack. Shack, 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 shack. Gotta go to the shack. There you go. And I bought, I bought some batteries for the flash. The battery existing in the camera still worked. Oh really? It wasn't all buggered up, corroded? No, those batteries last like 20, 25 years usually. I was in the track car, and the compartment opened up, and the The track mobile. Sorry. Luckily, I found the lid, but the battery was like lost in between the seat. Oh dear. So I went to uh, I went online and I bought a, a new battery for it, which I just installed yesterday. The um, rewind is busted. Mm-hmm. I saw online on some some groups that this is very common in this case. Right? Very fragile, yeah. Yeah, it's a little design flaw. Yeah, but there's uh, quite a few in the Pentax K1000. You have to always have the lens cap on it. Too. I shot a roll. Really? Yeah. I shot a roll of film, one or two rolls of film uh, while I was in Florida. And how did it look? Great, fan. Fantastic. Even when you're looking through the eyepiece and you see that you outline past of that it, bug, yeah. it's pretty. There's nothing to do with your focus. image. No, no, none whatsoever. No. It's just the eyepiece. It yeah. needs a good CLA. <clears throat> the eyepiece is all buggered up. You can't. I mean, you can still shoot and compose. The image was fantastic. I'd say as good as my Canon AE1. It's the Canon AE1 of the Pentax yeah, world. It really is. And to meter, you look through the eyepiece, and to the right hand side. It's a little dial. It's a little dial. It just moves up and down. Plus, minus, and in the middle is a little open area where you want your meter to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the meter's always on. You want to make sure you put your, your lens cap on your camera. Or you kill your battery really quick. You don't want to... So. Yeah. Oh. So, like, last night, this is what I did. No, yeah, just set it down. There set you it down go. like that. So no or always have a bag in. to put it in, something mm. like that. Black bag, yeah. Yep. Black bag. And what I love, you may say, well, what do you love about this camera? What do you love about this, Mike? Well, I know all FPP listeners love the fact that it's not a Polaroid. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Yeah. 
what I love about this camera is the freedom I get shooting with it because it's such a beater. You know, I love my Canon cameras, and there's a lot of like uh, um, emotional root- attachment. Yes, yeah, a lot of nostalgia mm. because I got it in 1981. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love my Canon cameras, uh, and I'm careful with them. Yeah. And I'm always ca- careful with cameras. I'm not out there with a camera hanging off my uh, my, sh- my shoulder. Right. With this camera, it has no lens cap. The zoom is dented, has no lens cap, but works perfectly. And I, I can go out and be very free with this. Right. No worries. No worries whatsoever. I'm going to be shooting with this whenever I can. you got to go down to, uh, like, Seaside Heights or something. Exactly. This is camera take on the beach. Oh, yeah, definitely. Knows, it's already, you know, the sand. It's, it's already sand. It's used to it? the yeah. sand. Yeah. It seems to like the sand. I was on <laughs> the bay, ebay.com, looking for a 24-millimeter lens. Probably pretty cheap. And I have to say, I'm very sad. I won an auction uh, for a 24-millimeter lens. I think it was, like, 35 40 bucks. And then the buyer, the seller, reneged. Oh, oh I hate that. He's like, oh, I lost it. Oh, what a and I He didn't get the pricey one. That's what happened. Yeah. You don't It'll see be back up there. <clears throat> you see a lot of 28 millimeter lenses for this. You do not see a lot of 24 yeah. millimeter Lauren lenses. Lauren has a 28, uh, 28 on there. Yeah. Where, and do you know what kind of mount this is? I think they're called K, I think they're called K mount lenses just because it's the K series. Is that proprietary to Pentax? Yes, Pentax. Pentax buggers. A few other ca- there's Sears camera that may have this. Yeah. The C- there were a few generic E. Then there was the generic. Wasn't the generic like the M42 mount or something? But that's the smaller rangefinder. Cameras, yeah, I think has a hot shoe on it. Hot shoe. Oh, it, it's all ready to go. Uh, one one thousandth of a second down to B bulb. How, how do you pull that up to uh, open up, get the film out? Oh, oh you pull you pull busted. up on the on the style right here. Yeah, I know, but the little lever. You can actually pull, you can pull up on busted. the whole black thing. How do you how do you like rewind it? Oh, you do it by hand. You can use that a coin, I guess. Uh, well, since it's levers, like oh, forever. Or you like you uh, you cut you cut and get cuts on yeah, your finger. Yeah, yeah, you use a Q-tip, I guess. You know, just kind of twist Need an electric drill with a wide screwdriver, flat Phillips head or flat. Get an Allen wrench that would kind of fit in there and just kind of yeah, run it yeah, around. There you go. See, now you're thinking you're young. A- brain cells. <laughs> oh, that's A- all. Yeah. ASA 20 up to 3200. Yeah, it's great for ah, um, 32. Lauren pushed all her uh, Portrait 400 in this yeah. camera. Is that right? Yeah. I like it. I say if you are out there listening and you do not have a 35 millimeter single lens reflex camera mm-hmm. SLR, if you've been using Holga's plastic cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've never had an SLR, or, you sh- <laughs> or if you're shooting, shooting digital and you want to shoot, I'm telling you, you don't need a battery. Oh, you do need a battery. You do need a battery. Yeah. Two batteries. You don't it. need a battery to fire this camera. Uh, this is, to me, the perfect starter camera. I was on the bay. I saw some uh, people selling like 20 of them. They used to be... Uh, uh, School cameras. University cameras. Uh, this is the perfect starter SLR, and there are enough lenses that you can grow into it as well. Mm-hmm. If you start shooting and love shooting, most likely that you'll ve- eventually get some gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gear oh, acquisition easy. syndrome where you kind of hankering for, you know, getting a new camera. Like, hey, man, I got my Canon A1. Maybe I should get a Canon uh, T90. Oh, great. Huh? Oh, you know what? I need a, I need a, 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 a T50. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I could use a Canon FT. Oh my god, a Canon FP? Really? Never heard of that. Just buy cameras. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I never get tired of them. So I'm very excited about the Pentax K1000 camera. Two thumbs up for solid, basic SLR cameras. And we'll be right back. Hey, this is Mike Rosso, Film Photography Project. I'm here in the studio with John and Matt. Hello. Here, here to tell you about our eBay auctions. Help support FPP by visiting our auction pages. Awesome auctions because they start at 99 cents. 99 cents? That's right. So we really need your participation 
We're having our Polaroid Packtastic Summer Celebration, and every weekend I'm grabbing two pack cameras, one Polar Plastic Fantastic. That's a Polaroid pack camera that's all plastic, and I'm also bringing one of the much sought after Polaroid 100 series glass lens cameras. I would like you to visit our eBay page to see what we have, and maybe you would like to own one of my cameras from my vast, vast inventory. My Polaroid vault of cameras. Go to myworld.ebay.com slash that's forward slash film photography project. That's myworld.ebay.com forward slash film photography project. Stop by weekly to see what we're offering. Thanks a lot. Thanks for supporting FPP. Enter a world of photographic values at Shootan Camera, Wacker Drive at LaSalle. Now at Shootan, you'll find the all Pentax K1000 outfit, complete with Pentax K1000 camera, regular and telephoto lenses, automatic flash, and Pentax compartment case. This total Pentax outfit is now Shootan priced at a remarkable $289.95. Complete. Shoot with the best, your cost is less. It's Shootan. Shootan Camera, downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle. Do it. We're back. It's time for darkroom tips. Take it away, Matt. Well, this month we're going to be talking about black and white papers. What's out there? If you're going to make your own prints, what are your options? Well, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Color is a whole nother beast in itself, but if you're going to be doing black and white printing with an enlarger or contact prints or anything like that, I can even talk about some alternative process papers. They're they're kind of uh, easy to brush over too. But so black and white, you want it, you've got a you've got an image, you want to make an 8 by 10, an 11 by 14, 20 by 24 whatever you whatever you have however high you can go you have access to a darkroom what's out there well the two basic kinds of papers you can get Ilford's a good one to go with there's a lot of other brands out there consult freestyle freestyle they're they're awesome you just click black and white paper now, and now there's... you're not talking about ink jet paper you're talking about traditional photography oh paper? yeah I'm sorry I just kind of blindly assume that yeah traditional photography like silver uh, silver halide papers ready to great yeah. Blake please continue yeah they're um, great, great, awesome prints. But there's two basic kinds of papers that you can use. There's an RC paper or resin coated. Yep. And then there's your fiber-based paper, which is what I print on because yep. the image in there looks looks good and the paper is nice and solid. Sure. That image is not going anywhere. Just jogging the memory, John? Oh, yeah. Bring yeah. me back. So yeah. uh, resin coated is it's exactly what it is. It's coated with a resin that helps it not only develop <clears throat> a little bit faster, but it also helps it dry more evenly across the surface. So you can use a print dryer which kind of like mm. blows hot air over it and it's done as soon as it pops out you know like a, like a little express pizza oven <laughs> and then your fiber papers you need to kind of like squeegee them and hang them to dry and then press them and make sure it gets nice and flat there's a lot of a lot of drama involved in your fiber papers mm-hmm. but, but I you prefer it I prefer it because the image lasts longer in the paper the RC papers because they're coating the paper with a resin and then you have your, your image layer and then you have a, a thinner base uh, the paper will last less time so mm-hmm. Like, if you look at RC papers from the 70s and 80s, it's really thin, kind of plasticky, crappy kind of feeling right. stuff, and the image is already kind of going on it. If you look at fiber prints from as far back as the late 40s, early 50s, when they even started that sort of stuff, uh, the images still look good. Wow, there that's might be a little There might be a little tarnishing if it wasn't, like, a toned image. Fiber papers amazing. hold up really, really well. 50 to 75, easy. 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 Wow. Frame, frame it up, archival, matte, all that good stuff. Mm. How often are you printing from an enlarger to paper? All the time. You really are yeah at the university at the university are there yeah. multiple and larger still so to, a bunch of people could work at the same time yes our um 
our undergraduate facility is well compared to other programs that have gotten rid of their stuff it's phenomenal is the chemistry laid out or you have to mix it when you come in the chemistry's ready to go it's in the cylinders there's jeff has cheat sheets everywhere really wow. chilling out That's i have i have uh, i have access to the uh, the private dark room which is like the the advanced dark room whatever you want to call it executive lounge yeah where i have the the beast the eight by ten if i come back to finley ohio as i did at your show at your shoe shoe can i print yeah we should do some videos or something that'd be can i print print as much as you want mike bring some black and white we'll go crazy print it up I'm saying, and, I mean, and that's always my standing invitation to anybody that right. wants to pay me a visit. There's wow. no color printing right now. No color right now. No color printing. Did I, they ever have a color processor there? We did. We had a color. We even had a Cibachrome processor. It blew up. Uh, just yeah, it's just old. It, it blew. It blew a a, ch- a micro big microchip that it had on it, and I, the, they don't make them anymore. I took, so. uh, I took a color class at William Patterson color printing. Did that, you? that stuff's Fantastic. hard. Fantastic. The mm. prints are gorgeous. You, d- you dial in your colors in yeah. the process. Yeah, it's subtractive. Like, yeah. yeah. So satisfying. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, never did. Never went that far. If we have time after the shoe, I'll show, I have a box of university stuff that I did. I would love to I see I mean, it. not from any type of, like, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, here you Here's my work from 86. <laughs> uh, just from the, like, oh, my God. This shot this. is so 1984. Uh, yeah. yeah, just, oh, my God. Look at these shots. Look uh, at this the fraternity I belong to. Yada, yada. That, that'll be yeah, cool, though. Yeah. But there's uh, there's some more stuff I can talk about yes. as far as the paper. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people use papers that are VC, so like Ilford RCVC, yes. gr- multi-grade four. Well, they're multi-grade series of papers, or VC papers, or... Yeah, VC. VC stands for variable contrast. Multigrade stands for the proprietary Ilford brand of uh, different graded filters. So what they do is it can handle multiple different contrasts of light. So not all light is created equal that's hitting your, your source. Usually it's a it's a, a blue or a green light source. Blue typically has... Oh shoot, I'm going to get this wrong. I know I am. One, one has more contrast in the highlights. One has more contrast in the shadows. That's a safe way of putting it. Yeah, depending on the combination of the blue and or green light going through your your negative and then onto the paper, the uh, the, the diff- more different um, contrast of the image you'll you'll get, and you can filter that by adding progressively more yellow, which will give you green light, or progressively more red, which will subtract and give you a blue oh, you're light. You're blowing my mind. I know it's oh my it's God. odd. <clears throat> you talking color? No, black and white. Oh, yeah. now you're really blowing my mind. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, it's just not described we a lot. Talk to, talk to me about black, white, gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just produces different uh, a different look. Your blue light's going to give you very high contrast. Oh my God! You talk about printing mm. through the enlarger through a those li- filters. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm talking about. VC paper oh, responds. That's what they're for. The fil- <laughs> the filters are to dial in uh, your contrast. Yeah. Yes. I know, right? No, there's no red. No, because your safe light's red. Right. Oh, it's, that's right. It's not red sensitive. That's how you can see what's going on. That's oh. why. That's why black and white darkroom is so much more fun. Well, you don't color on your paper with a red light on. I have a safe light. On. Yeah. You have safe light on. Yeah, I got a little red bulb burning in the corner. Yeah. Do you do any dodging? I do. You do. Yeah, dodging and burning is a whole other beast in itself. Yeah, but no doubt. It's uh. It's so warm to talk about this stuff. It's so I, uh, I because never... when we went to school, that's all there was. Yeah. But that's what the darkroom is about. Yeah. Like if you get in there and you do that, you're never going to want to make a print. Digital must die. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, that's a bold what statement. What about that smart bomb? It's supposed to just like doesn't kill, doesn't kill people, doesn't kill structures, e- EMPs. It just, yeah, it just gets rid of technology and electromagnetic mm. pulses. Yeah. yeah, I think, but it's I think it'll also get rid of all Polaroids. No, but the uh, VC papers yes. they uh, they respond to different different color uh, colors of uh, of light. Mm-hmm. It, it handles different spectrums differently, that's and crazy. those filters. That's what you do. So you you get a more a more plum looking filter if you want to higher if you have a really kind of crappy. 
neg and you want so, to yeah, print it high got, contrast. Let's say you got a low contrast negative. You would print it under a, a more plum filter or a, a grade three through five filter. Mm-hmm. And then you shoot that on your variable contrast paper and right. it will respond to it. Now on the opposite of that, they still make graded papers and graded papers are what they had before they had the variable contrast right. system. Before it was so easy. Exactly. And graded papers were, well, I hope your negative looks good because it's going <laughs> to look the same. Everything will always print out on the grade of the paper. And the standard grade that they, they, they still sell very, very normal grades, which mm-hmm. are like grades one, two, and three, which are pretty, pretty normal contrast. Well, what's the difference in the grades at that level? Um, grades zero. Zero, the grades are double zero through five and double zero is like hyper low contrast uh-huh. like you can see every little small tone and those are the kind of pictures that look good on like platinum and palladium mm-hmm. things like that very smooth tonal transition if you like grays that's that's where you're you're at that's your paper if you like a lot of high contrast like a right. lot of pure black a lot of pure white five is your number and then you can just kind of imagine the steps right. in between where do you buy your papers i buy my papers exclusively from freestyle freestyle do you really? There's no like, Finlay, Ohio shop where you walk in. It's like, you know, well, the, I'll tell you what, paper shop. This is uh, Leslie Huntsberger. The, the local. She, she, yeah, she's our local photo place. Our okay. local Photoshop in Finley is called Imagine That. And she is a Polaroid transfer. Polaroid manipulations, too. Still, yeah, she buys the push film and she does it. I hooked her up. Uh, Paper-wise, graded is your fixed number. Very uh, VC is very easy to print on because you can kind of cater it to your negatives. Does that, does that cover the range that the z- double zero to five does or is uh, it less? It covers, it covers zero to five and sometimes it doesn't cover half grades. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to get a different filter. I, I splurged on the eight by 10 enlarger. It has a, an Ilford head, like the uh, light source mm-hmm. actually changes its color before it goes down. So I can dial it in with a digital thing. Oh, no kidding. From double zero all the way to five in half steps. Whoa. And just do it from there. I don't even have to filter it. It does the work for me. That's cool. It's it's really nice. But there's a, there's a lot you can do. I would say if you're starting out, let's say you're freaked out by everything we're saying right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm barely holding on. Yeah. It's uh, barely holding you're on. really going. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna lose anybody. No, but it's no it's 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 good. It's easy to follow, but you gotta listen. Talking about papers yeah. and uh <laughs> Traditional filters. printing where you put your, it's an enlarger, which means you put your negative in a tray, mm-hmm. in an enlarger, it's a big thing. It shines light through your negative, and then you focus it, it up, onto paper. Yeah. and enlarges it onto a piece of paper, which is a piece of photographic paper. Silver gelatin mm-hmm. paper, yeah. And then you take that paper and put it through a developer. A stop bath and a, a fix. A stop bath and a fix, and then you hang it. Then you wash it for a while, and then you <clears> hang <throat> it. Yeah. Uh, may I ask... Uh, when I was going to university, this was in a different century, uh, <laughs> yeah. all, you know, it was just 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, do these enlargers handle 4 by 5 negatives? There are some that do. The ones we have at the University of Finley are awesome enlargers. They're the old Bessler 4.5 MXTs, which are like these um, electri- electronically powered mm-hmm. um, 4x5 <clears throat> enlargers, but they also handle 35, 6x6, 6x7 beautifully. You just need a different carrier. Mm. Carrier, yes. What for, about for the 4x5? 4x5 uh, is usually, yeah, they can. You have it? Yeah, we have one. Are they ditching any uh, enlargers they want to donate to FPP? <laughs> no, I'm actually, I actually pick up uh, enlargers other people ditch and I bring oh. them to the university. Oh, is that okay. right? Yeah. Is there a, a there is there are black and white classes there are traditional photography classes Yeah, so far we have uh, we have three sections every semester. When will you be teaching? I don't know. No, I'm serious. <laughs> you should be. Oh, I I, I would like. I mean, I, I feel like you is. On a, remember when we went to school that adjunct yes. teacher? I, right. Yeah, I might be able to adjunct for for uh, the University of Finley at some time, but I mean, I don't think I have enough experience under my belt yet to get going with Please. it. Please, but I mean, years wise, you know, people are like, how many years you've been doing yeah. it? You know, yeah, like, yeah, like but one. that doesn't really you know mean. It's results do? that matter. You need to go to like the. You need to go to the uh, costume shop 
and have them do a old age makeup on you. <laughs> so kids are like, oh, gee, Mr. Mirage, can you help me with my enlarger? Huh? Speak up. You're <laughs> talking to my bum ear. Turn your damn music off, you kids. Yeah, you just need an old age, an old age mask, and then you'll be fine. You, you have the experience. Oh, well, well thank you. But yeah. I would say anybody that's... That, that's scared about doing this. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I, I, you know what? I want to hop in my buggy and uh, visit you and do some uh, prints. Anybody, like a wild anybody weekend. that wants to visit me in Ohio, <laughs> seriously, come of by. Doing prints is just—it's so much it's fun. Mind-boggling. But once you get that image, and it's magic when it comes up in the tray. Oh. Yeah. Anybody that's getting started with uh, with black and white paper, I would say get yourself a pack of Oriental, which is like really <clears throat> oh, cheap seagull that. paper. Yeah. Really good cheap stuff. Or uh, if you want to splurge a little bit, get some Ilford multi-grade four. Get some RC paper, stuff that dries really quickly and evenly. Oh, so into photography when I was 22. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> ah, do you remember that, John? Yeah. Those were the days, oh, matey. Get, get some of that days. and just uh, see if you can get to a dark room or, or modify your home dark room enough to support an enlarger. And if you haven't been kicked out of the house <laughs> for, uh, for having all that stuff, uh. make some prints. It's... It's a or whole you, different world. If you live near a university, maybe you should check it out. Maybe for yeah. like a, a night course, mm. you could go and a have lot of access. places do night sure courses. Do. The university, we've been trying to get some night courses <clears throat> together, but uh, they send students uh, up north to Toledo, Ohio, and one of the one of the community colleges up there, they you know they didn't get on the digital bandwagon. They just never did, and they have a color lab, so you can take color oh. classes for seventy five bucks. And you can learn how to print color still. That's great. John, I wonder if Bill on the Hill still has their dark. Bill on the Hill. William Patterson University. Oh, I'm sure they do. It's a university now. Maybe we'll go back one day, me and you. Yeah, let's do that. But it's just, it's so cool. If you, yeah, if you know anybody that's printing with an enlarger, uh, we get pretty lonely in our dark room. So I love having somebody up there. Wow. Show, them, show them around. See what's, that just sounds what's up so there to weird. do. You'd think that uh, it was there and people like, more people like yourself who went through the program would be dying to get in there you would think so but there's just so many people that they they don't it doesn't feel like that because they're so used to the instant you know it's on the back of the screen and yeah. that that's bullshit Makes that, me but, but that's, uh, that's hey. people's perception of, <laughs> that's people's perception of an image though an image isn't isn't a print anymore to most yeah, people until the, until they you ingrain this in them that they can have this and really people will mock you for the amount of time you spend they do getting an image it's they like do. Hey, it's right here in the back i shot it and it's there why the hell why the you. Well, don't you have a life why is my why is that print a hundred dollars i'll give you five for it you know like matt i think that i, I will is a good proper word i'll commend you yes you're on the right tra- you're beyond the right track you're shooting eight by ten that makes your your what you're doing very unique for such a young man uh, makes your print valuable it sets you apart from the pack definitely you know uh, everyone needs to find your thing your niche yeah find their whatever niche. it is if it's shooting 110 film great i'm yeah. sure you could do a 110 exhibit you could you know, you can do you can do anything as long as you, right. you get out there and yeah. you keep practicing, you, you keep, keep doing it, yeah, and you get good at it, and you know what uh, you like. Friend, you from Wales yes. in the UK had a Pentax Auto 110 with him. He did, nice. Yes, he did. That's how he found FPP. I don't think I saw that camera with. Yeah, little one. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, it's a cute little thing. Oh no, I did see it. That's <laughs> right. Remember me? That's a cute. That's little right. <laughs> and he had a little flash with it. Yeah. Day. It was like this big. Yeah. That was a very cute camera. Yeah. I like those. Uh, then you have the one. Yeah. Sorry who, to interrupt. Oh no, who yeah. made the 110 SLRs? The oh, Minolta. Like it, it, really? It's like it's like a, an, it's like a Barbie SLR. <laughs> or like you you think a five year old news kid should right. have one? Hey, you know? look at this thing. Oh, uh, it's this so is, this is awesome. This, this is 110. This is 110. It has interchangeable lenses, like <clears> a whole belonged, system. Uh, right. This belonged from to Lance from Belgium. Oh, okay. Good friend. Okay. Yeah. Picture oh. Crossing. PictureCrossing.com. Uh, I I won this on eBay. I didn't know it was. That's cool though. So I I, I won it. Yeah, I and Lance, he's like, 
Hey man, right you uh, is this Mike? I'm like, yeah, is this Mike? Uh, you want my camera? He sent me that with a box of stuff, like all sorts of oddball film. That's cool. He really fixed me up. Thank you very much, Lance. I much appreciate. Like, it. I I just think those are the coolest things because of exactly what John's doing right now. Now, when I was so uh, awesome going to school, they made carrier for one ten negative. Is that does that still exist? Wow. You'd be hard pressed to find one, <clears throat> because the the hardest thing about carriers wow. is that if it's not like a, if it's not a very common and larger like a Bessler twenty three C or a forty five or a or a six seven or whatever, you're very you have to match your enlarger to your carrier, and then it's it's best to like find somebody that's getting rid of all of their darkroom stuff, you know, on yes, on, Craig, the kids. on, on Craigslist. A lot of I I search Michigan and uh, and the state of Ohio, and I pick up enlargers for maybe fifty sixty bucks. And th- these enlargers, if you go on in freestyle, you can buy some of these enlargers brand new, and they are not cheap. Freestyle. Yeah, eight hundred bucks. I was gonna say for fifty bucks, that's that's a bargain. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mike's holding the big shot, and he's he's taking a picture of John with his uh La Sardinia, La Sardinias, which has a picky flash. I, I gotta fire it like Hold that. it down from your head. I want to see your face. Mike's just waiting there with the bazooka, waiting for the big flash. There it went. This is the Polaroid big shot. Big shot. I don't know what happened to my voice today. Matt, what else <clears> you got <throat> about the uh... um about black and white? Uh, papers just you gotta I would say it takes time to get to know a paper so buy buy a lot Hi, of it how are you <laughs> exactly you can't, you can't just you just can't expect to get all the goods after the first date it's with like your paper shooting. yeah it's like it's like knowing your camera oh yeah very much you have to know your paper get don't get 10 sheets because it's a bad deal anyway get like 25 right. if you can afford it 50 100 if you're shoot if you know you're doing gonna be doing nothing but 8 by 10 prints you buy boxes of 250 for almost as much as boxes of 100. Are you serious? Yeah, it's just you have My to God. look. That's all it is. is you gotta well, look. How do you store all this stuff? You have you to buy have... 250 sheets. Well, see, I just put it up in the dark room. I'm spoiled. Yeah, I, I really no, I am. And I, you know, that's that's the thing. If you get in with good with somebody that has a dark room, or you you have your own kind of dark room space for paper, you need a, a light, um, a, a safe box right. for it. Mm. You know, a little dark box, maybe a couple extra em- empty boxes for it, and just a nice cool dry environment mm-hmm. something like the studio here 70 not too humid i wonder you know around the country i'm sure people were building uh, dark rooms like bomb shelters in like the 60s and yeah. 50s Wait, how, basements yeah basement of, dark know. rooms are great because I, I mean there's no windows you know? are still around like how many people have basement dark rooms or garage dark rooms or shed dark rooms or whatever it's, in- it's interesting definitely you know and we if, should they, start if a they had it and then digital photography came in and they sold everything Man, and now they're going <clears throat> Great ideas today. Film photography podcast at gmail.com. Right? Yeah, the wrap up. Um, there's variable contrast, graded. Get variable contrast. Start out with RC. If you try some fiber prints and you, you think it's worth the, the drama to get a good print, just but do it. But then again, it's just, you know, the routine, getting the routine down. It is. Everything's a routine. And, you know, if, if just thinking about this kind of gives you a headache, there's so many different resources online. Um, even uh, on Freestyle's website, they talk about a lot of uh, black and white printing. No, no worries. Just send Matt an email. Oh, yeah, yeah please. Matt, M-A-T dot Mirage, M-A-R-R-A-S-H at G... At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah. Yo. Or Film Photography Podcast at gmail.com. Yo. So. <gasps> Great. When we Great. come back, we've got a quick book of, the, uh, book of the month. Book of the month. Hey, it's Mike Rosso here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey, now. Hello. Help support FPP... 
go to the FPP store. That's filmphotographystore.com. We have an exclusive item, the Polaroid Cold Shoe Electronic Flash Brackets. If you own a Polaroid 100 through 300 series camera, we have the Polaroid 268 Flash Bracket that holds an electronic flash that has a PC cord on it. Imagine jettisoning your old flash bulb for a brand new... For a new... Okay. For a new flash bracket that holds an electronic flash. If you own a Polaroid 400 series camera, the infamous Polaroid 420, that's Matt's camera. It is, yeah. You can get an electronic flash for it. You can get the, the Polaroid FPP 490 flash holder. This slides right on your existing flash bracket. It has a cold shoe for your electronic flash. You could buy just the bracket, or you could buy the bracket with electronic flash. These are exclusively at the Film Photography Store. Help support FPP. Get an electronic flash for your pack camera. Donna. <laughs> Packtastic. Filmphotographystore.com. Thanks. Hey, we're back. Uh, Matt, what's the book of the month this month? The book of the month this month is a step-by-step guide to alternative photographic printing process. That's a a big book. This is, (laughs) you know, we already talked about the other big uh, alternative process book, Mm -hmm. which was the book of alternative photographic process. That was the Bible. If that was the Bible, this is the, this is like the catechism, (laughs) which is thicker (laughs) than the Bible. (laughs) Oh my God. It has a kind of a, a a weird order. Like it talks about, the intro talks about what's an alternative photographic process. What is it? What is an alternative photographic process? It's any photographic process that is not printing an image on silver gelatin that's on paper. It's printing, you know, it's printing an image on a, on a glass plate that you sensitized yourself. It's about printing with coffee and tea. It's about printing printing an image on toast mm. it's doing doing anything where you are hand coating a, a, a surface and then um, not usually enlarging but contact printing your image onto it so this has all sorts of different processes many of which are very very like high art processes uh-huh. um, they give you looks uh, only that you would find in images that are in like the museum of modern art and Love that book. <laughs> that's great one two three not a very spontaneous camera. No, it's not. The big oh, shot. Big shot. Um, some of my favorite. Some of my favorite chapters in this book are. Um, they talk about processes like platinum palladium printing, which is like you're better off printing money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's, oh my it's pricey. You have to have actual metal, platinum, and palladium. Yeah, where do you get that? Who sells that? Um, One of my favorite stores to get any kind of chemistry from when you want to brew your own stuff is, it's called Artcraft Chemicals. and And they're in in New York. New York City. Yeah, so they'll send it to you. And it's it's very hard if you're, uh, according to a lot of places, it's very hard to get uh, certain chemicals here in the States. They could use the chemicals to make, you know, to harm people. Pretty much any photographic chemical you can somehow make into a component that will, like, hurt a lot of people. So what, you probably have to... To get it registered, or um, they probably have to register. They that have you're to register it, to it you and, 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 and by that, yeah. So you're you, getting a ton of it, then you hear a knock on your door. Yeah, and you're, you're on a list. You're, autom- you're I'm sure you're on Mr. a Mr. Barash, can we speak with you, please? Exactly. But take a look at the book. The, the images are are usually very dreamy, very yeah interesting. Um, there's if you're anybody's here interested in wet plate collodion, which is shooting on the, the glass plate negatives. 
It shows you how to do everything step-by-step, step, how to do it yourself. Um, there's a guide to paper. I was talking about alternative paper. There's all sorts of different papers you can use, drawing papers. Hold that up, John. Watercolor kind of papers. Great stuff. Sorry, Matt. Oh, you're fine. It's not, we're not ignoring you. No, I know. I'm shooting with the Pentax K1000 BTS shots. BTS. Yeah, there's a lot of dreamy images in this book. Yeah, that's the best way I always describe alternative process. It's, uh, it's going out of your way to make an image that will, that will not look like a traditional print. Sometimes they're not sharp. Sometimes they're they're very sharp, and the Man. you're just changing contrast. I just can't even imagine printing on glass. Well, like I was talking it's about insane. how you know you guys thought the, the black and white stuff's over the top. That's the tip of the iceberg. Alternative yeah, process just, opens up. Is this such as a crazy world. as it gets? Alternative process, yeah, because it, it it masses all the crazy into one book. Now, why wouldn't somebody just want to go into Photoshop and do this, Matt? Yeah, Matt. There's there's no soul. There's no soul. <laughs> There's no soul in There's there. There's no soul in it, but it's it even filter over the top. It even teaches image. you how to take. <clears throat> let's say you do have a, dim, a digital image. Mm -hmm. Alternative process is actually more popular with digital photographers now than it is with traditional photographers. Do you want to oh. know why? No, why, Matt? You can take your image in Photoshop, and you can invert it and make a negative. Really. And there are special printers. One's made by HP and costs more than my car, but it has a special kind of ink that you can print onto acetate and you can make an enlarged negative for alternative process with digital images. Oh. And some digital photographers are fooling people and calling themselves full analog. Fools. Right. And uh, making these big alternative well, what prints. What do you think about that? Mixing I, digital and analog. I think, I think do what makes you happy. And if you're going through the trouble of this process, maybe you should try some film photography. Yeah. You might like it. I, I I'm so. guessing if you're going to all that trouble... You, you, there's something about the analog process you like. It's a great book. It is not a cheap book. No, and it's I was beautifully I bound. Yeah, I was given this one. John, you're so. all like your computer's all asleep. How do how do we get this book? How does the listener get this? Oh. You can go on Amazon, check how it much? out. Yeah, I'm sure. Come on, this it's, is. Uh, it's about a. I think it's over a hundred dollars. Maybe you can get used ten dollar. What's the? Uh, if you found this used for ten dollars, I, I would buy as many copies as physically possible. <laughs> it's a newer book. Copyright 2000 by John Barnier. Well, that's how he makes his living. He's edited. It was edited by John Barnier. Is there an actual author? I think the author... There's no author. It's just edited yeah, by... Yeah, what, what's really funny about this book is it's um, it's a culmination of different articles written by, by different people. So it's usually written by somebody that's an expert in their mm -hmm. field, and then it's all done on the final edit together. And I know they promote this book a heck of a lot on... Um, there's a site all about alternative photography. Mm -hmm. and I think it's alternativephotography.com. So and all that site does is combine these the articles into just you know readable content that people can Google search. How do I do a Kala type? And that right. you know, here's your article. But this book is pretty much the same. It's just uh, the it's best. Just of everything the best. in convenient book yeah, form. Exactly. And it's nice to have. It's always nice to have a book in the dark room because you can read a book under safe right. light. You turn on your iPad in the dark room and you yeah. just miffed a bunch of paper. Dun, so. Ding dong. Well, great. Thank you very much, Matt. And one which, lastly, the, the book is called A Step-to-Step -Step Guide to Alternative Photographic Printing Processes. Also, just the short title is Coming Into Focus. Coming Into Focus. Thank you very much. Hey, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Your camera take lousy pictures. Flash broken. Doesn't work. Great. You want 20 bucks for it? My friend Frankie will give you 20 bucks for that camera. Even if it's broken. Right, Frankie? But you gotta buy this Minolta 450E pocket camera. It has built-in flash, close-up lens, electric eye, and you'll take great pictures with it, won't you? 
I guarantee you'll save money. Hey, we're back. Hey, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Uh, I'm really very grateful that uh, we have a lovely, lovely audience uh, tuning in every two weeks to the show. Myself, Matt Mirage, John Fideli, a big, big thanks. Mm -hmm. You could write to us at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Been a great show. Thanks, guys. Uh, Mm. Appreciate it. And looking forward to the next show in two weeks. Definitely. Yes. I'll see you in September. So until next time. Hey, man, see ya.